Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. How's it going? I am sad Keithley's not feeling well because I leave for Japan on Sunday. Oh, no. So he'll, he'll miss you. He didn't, he didn't get to talk to you last week either. I know, and I'm gone for a month. Ooh, that sounds like fun, though. I might try and record while I'm gone. That could be fun. Yeah. It'll be, I don't know what kind of... would be hard. Well, the mic situation wouldn't be great. Yeah, but sometimes that's okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, it's 1.04 a.m. in Japan right now, though. So. Oh, I could do that. That would be fun. <laughs> I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty well. I yeah? uh, got up this morning and went to the top 10 business breakfast for uh, Kansas City Small Business. And nice. listened to the, uh, the finalists for that. Just kind of got interviewed on stage a little bit about their businesses and what they're doing to try to grow and, and push business. And actually, one of the things that we were talking about, diversity. There were quite a few women-owned mm-hmm. STEM and companies, mm-hmm. so that was pretty neat. And uh, there was like a, there was a woman-owned construction company and an engineering cool. firm, and they were talking a lot about trying to spend their. T- they would have paid internships for young women and girls over the summers, mm-hmm. and um, they said it's taken a long time to pay back. But one of them recently just found out that. Her very first internship, which was, I guess, like five or six years ago, is that that young lady is graduating from Mizzou this mm-hmm. year. And uh, she did switch from engineering to, to IT. Mm-hmm. So it's still in the STEM field. And she was just talking about how, how awesome that was. Um, That's awesome. Show women that you can be in, in that field, too, even though it's very heavily male-dominated. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, unfortunately, like it's, it takes a while sometimes to see see the impact, but I think it's really important. And not just women, right, but like underrepresented folks in general. I think providing opportunities for folks to come into a community and feel comfortable and welcome makes a huge difference given that the traditional kind of streams of how to get into the field sometimes are not as welcoming. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. I've been, as a person on the opposite end of that spectrum, mm-hmm. I find it really hard to reach out to people that that are underrepresented in tech i almost feel like am i encroaching upon their space when i go to talk to them and mm-hmm. and things like that and so i have a hard time talking to them too which is not good but i i try really hard and, and lately i've been reaching out to a few people and trying to build a more diverse community in the elixir community here in kansas city yeah, how's that going? Not too bad. I have, I reached out, I found a, um, I forget what it's called now. It, it, there's an organization, and I think it's Women in Tech, KC Women in Tech. I can bring it up real quick. That'll just be better. Yeah, KC Women in Tech. I was right. I reached out to them on their contact list. I got an email back from them to try to schedule something next week that I just saw this morning and have not gotten back to them yet. And I also started following their founder and president Jennifer Wadella I think is how you say her name Wadella I don't mm-hmm. I'm not sure if never met her yet but I messaged her on Twitter and she's out for the next month speaking at conferences but after that I'm going to try to set up something to to speak with her about how to how to get more people involved whether that's I don't know how to do that I just moved here too it was a lot easier for me in St. Mm-hmm. Louis because I knew people right. from underrepresented groups and then here I moved and I showed up to the meeting and it's fairly, I'll call it vanilla meeting. 
Um, it's, <laughs> Fairly, it's pretty uh, homogenous population. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's some diversity there, but not a lot. And I would like to, to have more. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that I think people are really trying to do in the Elixir community, which I think is awesome, is I see more awareness and more concern about trying to make sure that the community is welcoming, helping to bring people who want to come into the community into the community and have them feel welcome. But I think that what you're doing is a great approach, like partnering with organizations that are involved with the groups that you're interested in getting involved with, like building those relationships in a real way. It's a great way to to start. What are, what um, are some other things that you can do other than partner? Like, let's say you live in an area where there isn't an organization directly there. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what the goals are, right? But if we're talking specifically about, like, let's say we're trying to build a more diverse Elixir community. But I mean, there there are, there might not be organizations that are like women in tech. Maybe there are other organizations or community organizations that work with the groups that you're interested in reaching out to, right? Mm-hmm. I think partnering with communities that already exist and actually building real relationships, people get to know you and see what you're trying to do for real rather than like diversity theater, which you see a lot, right? Where people pretend to actually try and do things around diversity, but they really don't actually care. And so I think that it's, takes a little bit more work, but I think that's honestly the best approach. And if there isn't, if there isn't like a tech organization, I would be hard pressed to believe that there aren't any, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that because I live in an area that's densely populated. (laughs) So I don't know, like, are you saying like, if you are live in an area that's pretty remote and there aren't large communities of people or. Yeah. Like if it's a smaller area, let's say less than, I don't know, 50,000 where I used to live, I also started groups and, and ran a lot of the same things. And how I worked on it there was the the local college, um, mm-hmm. Missouri Science and Technology. You know, they have programs, Society of Women Gen- Engineers and things like that, that I would try to get involved in and talk with them and get their members to come to groups or at least advertise to them so that mm-hmm. they would know about the other groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that worked pretty well there. But I didn't know, well, Elixir Bridge, uh-huh. right? Is that something that you could do in a small area where maybe you you have less access to organizations? Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about that is, I mean, anybody can, I mean, the, the reason it's, the reason it's uh, structured the way it is is anybody can have a workshop anywhere, right? The curriculum's open source. So if you want to have a workshop, as long as you're reaching out to an underrepresented group, you can have a workshop. And if you need to find funding or like space, like Elixir Bridge as an org will help you do that. And so it's, a nice, I mean, if you if you live in a smaller community, it's an approach, right? Like creating an opportunity for folks to engage in the community that is free and accessible is something that's really, that has worked well. But again, I only can speak from my perspective of being in pretty densely populated places. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, I mean, I think the things that make it more accessible, right? The things that we talk about in making it more accessible where I am, generally make it more accessible in general, like try, making sure it's free, making sure it's on a weekend, so that folks who work can access it. Elixir Bridge will pay for childcare and we can offer childcare at the workshop. So if somebody's hosting a workshop and they want to offer childcare, we will pay for it so that folks that have kids are not prohibited from joining the workshop. So a lot of those things, right, I think make it easier for people to, in any area, to attend. But as far as like getting the word out, then I think it comes to actually reaching out to organizations that are already involved in the communities that you're interested in reaching out to. I think it's hard as an individual to reach out to individual. I mean, it's totally possible, but if somebody doesn't have a relationship with you, they have no reason to trust you or really 
necessarily want to engage with you, right? Right. But they have, they have a relationship with a community or an organization, and you can kind of build a relationship with that organization, then they can actually get a better idea of what you're about and have more reason to engage and trust you, I think. So if you're an individual trying, are there ways that you think that individuals can start to make those connections? Mm-hmm. With individuals? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> or do you know any? I shouldn't say do you think, because uh, I'm sure there are too, but... I guess well, what, when you, well, when you're saying, what do you say more about that? Well, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, after I asked the question, you know, if you if you got involved volunteering with mm-hmm. with some organization, then you can start to make mm-hmm. connections with the people directly that yep, exactly. might, that you might be able to bring along yourself to a meeting or. If you do set up an Elixir Bridge thing, you can invite them personally mm-hmm, totally. uh, because you've been volunteering in their area. Well, and I think that just, yeah, exactly. Right. Like actually, and that goes back to just like building the relationship with the communities that you're interested in being involved with. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause again, if you think about in general, like day-to-day work, whatever, all of that human interaction is based on those relationships and on trust. Right. And on getting to know people and them seeing you and getting to know you and then building a relationship so they can trust you. And so I think getting involved in organizations that are already doing the work is a really effective way of doing that. Because as an individual, if you're reaching out to specific communities, there's or individual people within communities, right? Like they don't necessarily have a reason to engage or trust you or et cetera in any community, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why like, you know, when you think about people, how hiring works or people hiring from their networks or like someone introduces you to so-and-so, right? Like partially, I think that's because there's like a level of trust, right? That right. just gets passed along. Like if so, if, if you have a really, if you have somebody that you really respect and trust and they recommend somebody, then you're more likely to talk to that person, right? Right. As opposed to just people cold applying to a job, um, which I think speaks to how humans form relationships in general. And I don't know enough to eloquently talk about that because I'm not like <laughs> a sociologist necessarily. But I think that's, I don't know, I find that really effective, especially and people, I've had a lot of conversations with people about like diversity and hiring and et cetera. And people often reach out and are like, how do I do this? And I'm like, well, like you seem just like, well, it's not, I think people, people want it to be quick and have it just happen. And I think like anything else, it's something that you have to invest the time into actually doing in a real way. If you want to build a diverse community, like you have to do the work, like actually reach out to those communities actively and continue doing that. Right. And continue engaging with people and continue being involved. And it takes time. And I think oftentimes people want it to be fast. So it's, and it's, it's not. It's like forming any any mm-hmm. sort of relationship, really. Yeah. You, you don't become best friends overnight. You don't become business partners in a day. Exactly. And communities build over time, just like the Elixir community is building over time. Right. And so it's going to take time to affect that. But the fact that people are thinking about it now, even though it's a, it, it, given that it's still a pretty young community, I think that's a good sign. Since it is going to take time and we're going to invest long-term in order to make these changes, do you know of any organizations? I know Elixir Bridge reaches out to underrepresented folks and that are adults. Do they also reach out to communities of children to try to get people interested at a younger age? Or do you know organizations that do that? I think there are some organizations that do do that. We do not. I think you could use the curriculum. It probably needs to be rewritten slightly. For children, I think our focus is like adults that are underrepresented. I think people talk about different parts of like the, and I hate this word, but like the quote unquote pipeline into whatever tech. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of people that are capable now, right? It's not, not that kids aren't enough and it's not important to teach children 
but making it accessible to people now who are adults is also really important, which is why that's who we focus on. Um, and that's kind of Elixir Bridge stemmed out of Railsbridge, right? Which was like stemmed from Sarah Allen and Sarah May being the only two women at their, all, all the conferences and meetups they were going to being like, let's see if we can get 20 women into a room and see if we can teach them Rails. And that was in 2009. And that kind of took off. They had ended up getting 60 women and then doing it again and again and again. And so the idea is to give people, to get people excited, to allow people to see that they're capable of doing it, that it's not scary. And to kind of give them enough that they can move forward on their own also. But there are organizations like Rails Girls uh, is an organization for children. I don't know of any Elixir organizations that are reaching out to kids, but I do know that there are several, there's a couple others that I'm not, they're not coming to the top of my mind right now um, that I did that do reach out to children. But yeah, Elixir Bridge isn't specifically focused on that. Not that it's not important. It just kind of chosen a different focus. And I think the community is doing a better job. Like I'm seeing more conferences being like, let's offer opportunities for folks to attend if they're underrepresented and maybe they can't afford it. Hey, Bruce and Maggie have really been working hard to to make sure that they have scholarships um, mm-hmm. for underrepresented folks and and that they have a diverse speaker lineup at Gig City. And now that they're taking over Lone Star Elixir, I'm sure that they'll, yeah, they'll be totally. pushing that Yeah, totally. They've been doing so, a really good job. Yeah, it was amazing last year at Gig City how different that room felt. Yeah, I'm excited to go back this year. It'll be really fun. And it does change, right? It's, I think partially I think it's frustrating when you see people talk about diversity and not actually do anything is that I feel like I see this a lot in the industry where it's lip service, where... People don't actually care. Like they care, they say they care, but they don't actually care. Or a company says it cares, but it's not actually part of its bottom line or they don't think it is, even mm-hmm. though it does affect it. Studies have shown. And so that's the part that kind of drives me crazy is when people are like, yes, but, or like with hiring when people are like, but we have to do this now, right? Like, I mean, if you, you have to make extra effort, it does take more work. Is it going to be better in the long run? I think so. And the same thing with building any community, right? Like the stuff that we're doing with Elixir, like, is it slower growth and does it take a while? Yes. Will it be better for the community in the long run? Yes. And I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I should, I would love to talk to more people in other parts of the Elixir community and see how they're feeling and how it's going. Cause I only have a very small sample size of where I am and the work that I've done. Well, how do you, how does it look to you in your small sample size though? I mean, it's growing slowly. Like Elixir Bridge is still pretty small, but it's growing slowly. We're getting more people that come, are coming to workshops and more people are coming more often. The Elixir meetup, Miriam, Penna has been doing a lot of work for that recently in San Francisco. She's amazing. And we've, that's been growing. And I've seen a lot more folks that are underrepresented coming to the meetups and speaking at the meetup, which is amazing. So I think it's slowly changing, which is awesome. And I think it's just continuing to move that momentum forward. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about like, what other things? I mean, I, I just, it's, a matter, it's also a matter of having the bandwidth. Like part of me is like, oh, I want to be able to go through the curriculum and do like video snippet recordings of, of it so that people could go through and like watch us actually doing it or like code videos of us writing the code so that that way it's really accessible so that if you're not in a city where you can attend a workshop, you can actually just listen to the thing or watch the videos and follow along. Like, I think that would be really rad. And that's a project that's been on my mind for a long time because again, accessibility, just having the time. Yeah. Time seems to keep getting thrown out here. Um, so Miriam is is working a lot with the Elixir meetup, or is she running the Elixir meetup in, in San Francisco? Or, yeah, or? it's been kind of a bunch of people. Like I was doing it with Ben for Ben Marks for mm-hmm. a while, and then Miriam's really stepped up and kind of been the lead organizer for the past, since maybe October, something like that. She's been doing an amazing job. 
Yeah, Mi- um, Miriam is is pretty awesome. She's also on the Erling Elixir Foundation board, mm-hmm. and I've heard her speak a few times just watching on video. I've never actually met her in person. I've talked to her on on Google Hangouts like this. But, yeah, she's um, awesome. She's a yeah. That was another thing that I've reached out to her. We don't have anything scheduled yet, but I'm hoping that having underrepresented speakers at the meetup will encourage people to come to since our meetup is like all men i'm hoping yeah. that by inviting miriam to speak maybe some more people will feel comfortable coming is she going to come out there or are you going to i don't know i don't know yet we we have to talk through that we talked for quite a while and then had to cut it off because i had to run to another meeting but we're, we'll work through that i think if i can we're i'm going to try to figure out how to fund to fly her here and and get her a hotel and food and just provide for all of her expenses. And if I can't get enough funding together for that, then we might just do it remote. Got it. That's cool. Yeah, that would be rad. She's a great speaker. And I think that's also, that is also true. Like seeing yourself represented in the people that are doing the speaking, right. Or doing the thing, I think definitely makes a difference. Yeah. I think that Um, that was my thought was that if somebody's leading, that is more like you, you're more likely to want to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's hard to see sometimes what's possible. Like people have, there have been studies about this too, right? Like it's hard sometimes for folks to see what they can do and what's possible if that behavior is not, or that thing is not being modeled by anybody. So like mm-hmm. if you're the first person ever to do a thing in your field, it's much harder to see the possibility. Whereas if you've seen other people do it before you in some capacity, then it's much easier. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I started speaking. I mean, I enjoy speaking and I think it's interesting. And I think it's fun and you get to meet a lot of people. But one of the reasons I started speaking is I was like, I want to see more women speaking. And I was like, well, then I should do the thing <laughs> that, <laughs> that I want to see happen. How was that first time that you, did you start out with a CFP process or how did you start speaking? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Too many think, of them now. Well, I did a lot of theater growing up, like a lot from when I was a kid through like, college. So I enjoyed it. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. I think in the Elixir community, I started speaking. I think Ben asked me if I wanted to speak at the meetup. And I think I did it. I forget what I did to talk about. Maybe pattern matching or something. It was a few years ago. And then a friend of mine was like, why don't you submit to this conference? And I was like, okay. So I kind of, that's kind of how that happened. And then kind of snow, not snowballed, but just continued to do it after. Um, and that's the thing I try to like in, reinforce when people ask about it is like, you do not have to be an expert in the thing that you're speaking about. I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to be an expert before they start speaking and you do not, right? You have to know enough about the topic to be able to like clearly explain the thing you're trying to say so people understand your perspective, mm-hmm. right? But it's so much more about the way you're telling the story than the specific thing that you're talking about. And like every, there's always more to learn, right? Everybody who's speaking, there is right. no, nobody knows everything. When I try, when I talk to people who are getting into speaking who are new and like when I work with people, I'm like, well, yeah, you, you really just, it's just sometimes, I don't know, maybe for me and I don't, I don't want to speak for other people. Like it's about starting and just, I think Charity Majors just like posted a thing. Charity Majors, do you know who Charity Majors is? Mm-mm. She's a, I think not CTO, she was CEO of a company called Honeycomb, but she like blogs a lot about management and speaking and technical things. And Honeycomb is a company that does like observability. Anyway, she wrote, she, wrote, she wrote an article on her blog a couple of days ago that I was reading that I thought was interesting. It's like when she first started, she got asked to speak. And the first time she did it, it was terrible and terrifying. And then she kept doing it. And every time it was terrifying for like 18 months. 
<laughs> until it finally got easier. And then it just became another tool in her skill set. And like, again, everyone has, it's, it's really hard. And so like, you don't want to be traumatizing yourself every time you go on stage. And so leaning into something that's scary is not, everybody has a different tolerance and it's not necessarily appropriate for everyone. And I'm not trying to say it's good or bad, but I think what I am trying to say is that a lot of people who do it have get nervous and scared, even if they've been doing it for a long time and that you don't have to be an expert. So if you feel those things, you can still speak. In fact, um, you can be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? <laughs> My first talk on Elixir ever, I wish I could go back and redo. I mean, technically, the talk was right, but I think I failed to share very well in when you should use the things that I was talking mm. about and created a, some... Now, I, I just wish I could go back and be like, here's all the problems with that approach, and it can work, but doesn't and i so i think that's okay like it's okay to be wrong and people will help you well and as, as a community i think that people's responses are really important right like mm -hmm. yeah people are learning right so it's okay to kind of gently guide people in the correct direction in a way that's like not negative and harmful because mm -hmm. i think everyone has things to learn i think fred forget exactly what he said hannah and i gave our go versus elixir talk it could be in san francisco in february and he was like, well, there's just one thing that you guys didn't quite address. And I've made a note of it and it's not coming to me now. But he was so nice in the way that he said it and in the feedback that, of course, that then I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Thank you. And it's Fred. So he saw the things that maybe not everyone else is seeing. But again, the way you give feedback makes a huge difference. And I wonder, like, I still think we could do a much better job with the, I think people are really trying, but do a much better job with, like, the speaker lineups at conferences. Yeah, and I think the thing that... I've noticed from talking to conference organizers and building that speaker lineup is that an open CFP is not necessarily going to get you diversity. Mm -mm. You, it is an active thing. You have to seek and push and handheld, handhold it. Maybe part of your speaker list needs to be invite only and you need to reach out to those underrepresented groups to do that mm -hmm. or have a section of your CFP, I don't know how, how you would manage it, but, you know, reach out to KC Women in Tech and say, hey, we need five more speakers. You as an organization, can you provide those to us? Yeah, I think that's exactly it, right? And it takes more work, right? And it takes more effort to reach out instead of having a CFP that people can just submit to, unless the community has grown to such a point where that happens, right? Like I think Rails has grown to such a point where there are enough people submitting to that CFP. But in a smaller mm -hmm. community, I think taking the extra effort. There's a conference also that I really like, and I haven't been to it yet. I shouldn't say really, but I've, I've heard really good things, is Gary Bernhardt's conference. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah, I have, where they help you speak and... Mm -hmm. Deconstruct. So yeah. half the speakers are first-time speakers, and they pay for you to go, and they give you coaching on your talk, and they help you put it together, and like, and they reach out to folks that are underrepresented. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, that that is really amazing. Another conference that I hear good, well, I've been there and I've seen good things. I've seen the, the response to it is Strange Loop mm -hmm. and that they do the same kind of stuff. They, I don't think that half their speakers are first time speakers, but they do provide, and they may be, I'm not sure, but they do provide people who will help you make sure that your talk is the best that it can be for you mm -hmm. and push you to be the best speaker you can be while you're there. And then the conference itself is just very, very diverse. Yeah. Strangeloop is one of the most 
more diverse conferences that I've been to. It's a great, it's a great conference. In a really cool city. But it's I'm, cool. I mean, I'm like biased. I actually really love Strange Loop. I was actually going to submit something to the CFP. Yay. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, I still have to submit my Elixir Conf. Are you, are you going to try and submit something to Elixir Conf? I did not yet. I don't know. I'm a little torn. I'm so focused on the Gig City talk and wanting to make it perfect. What are you I, speaking about at Gig City? Oh, I can't. I can't. I don't know. I have like four topics. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, the main one that that keeps popping into my head is is more of a soft talk, but it's thinking is is greater than typing. Hmm, that's a good one. But I don't know. I'm. I have never done a soft talk at a conference. I've done soft talks to meetup groups, and they were very much off the cuff like speaker didn't show up hey here's what's on my mind lately so let's talk about that and so i'm a little more nervous about it because i can't just lean back to the code and let that speak yeah that's fair (laughs) so i I have just concentrating on it before i move on to anything else right now but i don't know i don't know i have a, a couple talks in my back pocket too that i could submit to ElixirCon that i might go ahead and send up there but i will be at ElixirConf. Cool. I just don't know if I'll submit anything. Yeah, that's fair. I have to think about what what to do. But I wonder if anybody, kind of going back to what we were talking about, is there any organization, if I have to do some more research within the Elixir community, that's kind of focused on helping first-time speakers? Do you know? In the Elixir community, I'm not sure. I know that Chris has said on here multiple times, if you are a first-time speaker or you're wanting to speak, reach out to him and, and he will help. Yeah, I would, I'm, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, I would be interested in helping folks, too. I don't know how we can maybe formalize that a little bit. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah. So there you go. Reach out to the outlaws. <laughs> all of us would love to help anybody out. So just let us know. And I guess Chris's thing is, if you come find him, it means that you have enough drive that you really want to do it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. When is this meetup in Kansas City? Uh, well, it's today. <laughs> when is the one that you're bringing Miriam out for? Oh, I we don't have that scheduled yet. Okay. That's what I was saying. We're we're not sure how we're going to do it. So I just started the conversation with her this week. Okay, and this makes to me figure out logistics of it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe now I should reach out to Bruce and see if we could coordinate a workshop around the time of Gig City for Elixir Bridge because that would be fun. Yeah, that would be. I know that they have a couple training days. Maybe you can have it on one of the training days too. I'll ask him. Piece by piece, right? Like it just like, again, little by little. Sometimes it feels slow and sometimes it feels, oh, or not. It's growing so slowly, but. <laughs> I see um, these little bursts in, in the community of like short runs of explosion and then it kind of levels for a little bit and then does it again. So I don't know. I'm, I think it'll keep going. Is there anything that running. would be helpful for you and what you're trying to do in Kansas City? My biggest thing here, I think, is that I really don't know anybody. And I came from a community where I knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that was hard moving to where, I mean, I know quite a few people here. I shouldn't say I don't know anybody. I feel bad for the people that I do know hearing me say that <laughs> you guys, you don't count. <laughs> it was just that I, I'm not as connected here. And so becoming connected with different people of different backgrounds, I think will help me a lot. And it's currently, it's probably easier for me here to connect and, and do some teaching with kids than it actually is finding the adults that I need to connect with. That makes um, sense. I can reach out to my network and see if I know any folks who are in Kansas City that I can put you in touch with. Sounds good. I'd love to do that. How far is it from like Chattanooga? Oh, quite a ways. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't drive. 
Okay. I'm just curious. Well, it's about four hours from St. Louis. Oh, okay. The opposite direction from Chattanooga. So, so are you going to be at Strange Loop this year? I'm not sure. I went last year. I've been to quite a few of them, so I might go. We'll see. I got to look at my schedule. That's fair. <laughs> Life is crazy. Yeah. I haven't been for a couple of years, but it's always fun. I'm kind of working on a week-by-week basis at the moment with my <laughs> schedule. That's fair. Just everybody's the end of school. And, uh, my daughter coming home from her first year at college. <gasps> how and, did it go? Oh, she's not. She comes home next week. This is did her it, finals how, week. How did the first year go though so far? Really, really well. I she enjoyed school. I think she switched majors once. Talked about switching majors about six times. Uh, <laughs> so to me, that means that she's finding lots of interests. And, and I what really, is she studying? She's doing English now. She started out with biology before she got to okay. school. She wouldn't do chemistry. Got and it. when she got there, it was biology, and now English. She wants to be an editor, and okay. it's something that she's always done. She's always done both, and she just said after she got to school, she just really enjoyed the editing more than the science classes. That makes and sense. Even, even when she was in her science classes, I think she did a lot of editing for other people on their research papers and stuff like that, and that's just what she likes. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting. Thank you, you too. I know that you have to get out of here soon. I don't yeah, know. I have a meeting shortly, but I really appreciate your constant effort to try and I think you're very thoughtful and you're constant. I mean, we've had many conversations around like trying to improve the community and how do we make it more diverse and inclusive. And that's something we actually didn't talk about today, but at some point we should talk about not just bringing people in, but like the inclusion aspect of it. Um, yeah. That's a big piece. Yeah, I have been um, in, in large rooms at conferences where it was the women corner and the men corner <laughs> across yeah. from each other. So getting in the same room is just half the battle. Exactly. But yeah, I appreciate that you're constantly willing to talk about these things and actually do the work to try and make things change. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your help and you're an inspiration to me actually in all of the stuff that you're doing with Elixir Bridge and in our conversations and your thoughtfulness and your responses are always very well thought out, and I really oh. appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I All feel right. like I'm a better person <laughs> for knowing you, Anna. Oh, I feel the same <laughs> way, Amos. All, All right. right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your meeting. All right. Bye. Bye.